2: Ruto, Jesse, AJ, all coming at you live before we get into the bulk of today's topic. Some news of the day. The global series that everyone was, you know, expecting to happen this year has now just essentially been moved to the exact same date next season. They were supposed to play it in early November. They're going to play it in early November of 2022. Still against Columbus. Still in Finland. So it is going to be the the Miko and Line show out there. Uh are we excited about this? Are we Are we cool that it's still happening? Do we really care about the Global Series? Where are we at?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great thing for the game. Uh, those are great. Those are great hockey communities. Putting NHL games in those, I think, is awesome. Um, and And I think it's a great experience for the teams. You know, we saw how much it meant for Colorado's Swedish contingency when they went to Sweden. And now, you know, with uh, with Arturi Leikkanen to go there with Miko Rantanen, you know, maybe maybe they can uh, maybe they can call up Sampo Ranta and Eustace Andaman, too. Now and we're talking, yeah. you know, go go all out. But no, I think it's I think it's great. Those are great hockey communities getting NHL games, and I think that's an awesome awesome thing for the league to continue to do. Um, they, they do a good job scheduling out days before and after. And I just think that, uh, I, I think it's great. I, I really can't find any downside in it.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I, you mentioned that. I hope they do bring up in cause they took, uh, I believe Misko with them or maybe it was pre miska They, they, they had
2: to, yeah, they took their like fourth goalie, uh, yeah, I forget yeah, his name.
0: They, they take an extra goalie with them overseas. So, I mean, yeah, why, why not be Ananin? Uh, look, I, I was at the global series in Sweden. Um, it was, it was awesome. We totally, I, I don't maybe not take for granted, but you know, we talk about, Oh yeah. How many Finns are on the abs? Oh, you know, oh two uh, you know now it's two Lekkinen and Rantanen and all oh, they got some Swedes. We can forget that. Like it's a big deal back in Finland to have superstars like Miko Rantanen. I mean, like they are just shy of national heroes. Um, <clears throat> so, like, it, well, the cool part about it for me um, at the games that were in Stockholm were the crowd was into it. And obviously, like, there were Swedish people that had um, Abs jerseys. There were Swedish people that had Senators jerseys. Uh, but by a mile, the loudest cheers were for Eric Carlson and Gabe Landeskog, the individual's every suite in the building building cheered for both guys um regardless of the team so like you said AJ like these are very very passionate hockey communities um but yeah like you know th- these euro guys are are very highly regarded there and i think we can sometimes lose sight of that cuz they're all here and it's all just great and we see them all the time and perfect they're professionals that's what they're supposed to do but Back in their home countries, it's it's a big deal to have someone make it to the NHL. Let alone a, a game that'll likely feature three, if not more, Finns uh, in Finland. So I'm I'm super stoked for it. Um, I would I would love to be out there for this one again because uh, I thought the first one was, like you said, it's hard to find a bad thing to say about it.
2: I mean, certainly well-deserved in Finland. We've talked before about how they have just been an NHL (laughs) production machine of a country over the last four or five years. So they're putting something good in the water (laughs) over there for sure. Let Uh,
0: me ask you guys real quick before we move on from this. Would you guys ever be in support of an NHL team?
2: I was going to ask that too. (laughs) Oh,
0: there we go. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on the toes of your question. No,
2: you're my question, like the way I wanted to put it was like, do you think we'll see one in the next 20 years? No.
0: Next 20 years, honestly, probably not. Um, just because I think there's still too many North American cities that they would put one first. But I mean, like you look at the NFL and like the NFL is legitimately looking at making that leap because they have kind of gone into every major market in the U S
2: easier logistically for the NH- way
0: NFL, easier logistically, yeah. way easier logistically, but <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I think at furthest you could put them in like the UK. Cause that's only like a four and a half, five hour time difference, I guess five hours um, from, from the East coast, but anything beyond that. And I mean, that team would have to play only in, homestands or road trips.
2: Yeah, it'd be two weeks or more at a time, one way or the other, constantly oh. for that team.
1: Imagine yeah. them having to go to California. Right. Yeah. You'd either have to have special rule sets for their schedule. Yeah, and you would probably need four or five of them so that you could create like a European division. Yeah. Um, you would need to change the entire structure of the schedule. It would no longer be everybody plays everybody because it would be unfair to ask those teams to go to the West coast and the West coast teams to go there. It would be just a total mess. You know, the NFL obviously has an easier time of it because uh, the, the length between games and the way that they can manipulate the schedule, they can get teams to play in London once a year. But even then, like the logistics of getting a regular team in, in London, it's really difficult. And I just, I don't think uh, you know what. Yeah, you, you know what? I think the biggest thing that's holding us back is faster air travel, better technology in that regard. Need some teleporters. Let's go. Give us give us fifty years where we've we have better, maybe better technology in terms of airplanes, and it's more. It's a it's it's either a faster a uh, faster trip or it has less of a harmful impact on the body to cross over that many time zones, you know, you, you reduce the, uh, the effects of jet lag. Um, and maybe that could be a realistic consideration, but until that technology gets there, I don't think that we can do it in any of the weeks.
0: Uh, I was going to say, cause what was it? The, the Concorde, like the supersonic passenger airliner from yep. 30 years ago or whatever. Like, yeah, if those are mainstreamed and it's two and a half hours from New York city to London, then like,
1: yeah, like sure. that's a, like, yep. that's a that's an uncomfortable flight, but come on, right, right. Uh, it's totally different. <laughs> Fifty. So in our lifetimes, then, well, maybe, maybe the back, maybe on our back nine. If fellas. we have a good long yeah. life, yeah, <laughs> if, maybe yeah, on then, our back nine.
0: And even then, maybe we only get to see the conversation of it. Yeah, that, like, right oh, here. it's possible. <laughs> Until then, keep. I, I I would rather them do this than more outdoor games. I think you need oh, to keep 100%. an outdoor game every year. I I still really enjoy the the visuals and the aesthetics of an outdoor game. Um, I think it's a really cool thing. But do this. Do in do one outdoor game and four of these a year. Like oh, many- I'm
1: totally. Winter classic only. Get rid of yep. the stadium series. Global series, much better. I'm going to take. If the you're going to do
2: out behind the barn, if you're if you're <laughs> going to do tough. an outdoor
1: game, do one in Finland and do, not to, do two birds one stone. You know, like yeah, yeah do a, do an outdoor game in Helsinki. That's actually something a pretty with, dope idea. Something like that, right? Like
0: you don't you're hard out on the outdoor games, right? You don't like no. them at all.
1: Hate them.
2: Really? Why? The first one was cool because it was like this super unique thing, but I I care about the hockey. I the, the hockey sucks at outdoor games. It's never good hockey.
0: I actually feel like the results of those games would disagree with you. I feel like most of the outdoor games have no. been like nail you can, biter overtime scores but the, the
2: actual quality of the hockey is garbage.
1: Oh, the Heritage Classic also, yes. Good call. My bad.
2: Well, I forget, that, ex- is,
1: it I forget that it exists. Like, yeah. like, and, and,
2: like, to be clear, sorry. this goes beyond hockey for me. Every sport on Earth should be played indoors exclusively. <laughs> All right. All of them.
1: Okay. Take I, the elements completely yes, out of It, it should not just, be a factor. Just... Let's move on. This is the thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm just, yeah. trying to, I'm just trying to imagine, as somebody who watched a lot of baseball inside of a dome in Houston, a location where that makes plenty of sense, mind you, but trying to imagine how much of, how much of the, the genuine joy you lose going to a game at Coors Field. Where you go because Coors Field is such a great experience because it's an experience. Not because the Rockies are necessarily good all the time. Make Coors Field just a bar that seats 50,000 people. Forget the baseball. All it is now, dude, it's just an open-air bar. The Rockies
2: can go play in an indoor stadium across the street. (laughs) The whole thing can just be a party deck. (laughs) Brutal. Like, that,
0: that's almost like your mayonnaise on burrito take. Maybe worse. It's
1: significantly worse than the mayonnaise <laughs> on a burrito. That's at least like, at least mayonnaise on a burrito is like, look, everybody likes different things. This is just bad. Like, how is it that somebody has experienced the joy and the beauty and the aesthetic of a Rockies game with the sun setting and it's seventy degrees out, and you're with that- your homies, and you're having a wonderful time for the first four innings of the game before the Rockies screw things up, and you're having—it's just an amazing experience.
2: I've also experienced a Rockies game where it's negative four out and snowing, and I want to die. Okay, why, well,
0: why were, you were, were you there? game, yeah, that's on you. That's more of a you decision. Than- oh.
1: I've never – d- 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 we're just going to remove personal responsibility from this <laughs> equation?
2: I'm sorry that baseball schedules the games that matter in October, okay? That's not my fault. <laughs> like
0: yeah but still still i i my favorite part of this is all the people suggesting different indoor sports
1: dude, dude the all indoor, these are- indoor bobsledding was the one that got me i mean
2: what, <laughs> because
1: it's even- partially indoors like half of you're in that tube. The tube
2: just close it all the way and you're good
1: <laughs> yeah in case there's something that ever happens you have to just like have little doors along the way that, yeah, won't, yeah. Cause. that won't cause problems <laughs>
0: Uh, I I like an the occasional outdoor game. I am with you. It's too many now, but like, I love half the aesthetics of these sports. Of an half of
2: these game. sports that Chad is saying happen indoors. Just so you know, yeah, like an
1: indoor javelin can happen in a closed dome easily. It changes nothing. It I mean, I guess I guess if it's windy out, it changes everything. But like a a dome, like those those happen. Like, fine.
2: all track and field sports, they have an indoor circuit. If you didn't know, chat. So,
0: indoor golfing gave me a good laugh.
2: Yeah, just picture this structure.
0: Yeah, just, the board just like,
1: structure.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: you fly over it, and you're like, "I wonder what that is." And you're just like, yeah. "Oh, it's a golf course." Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, they they have like Dubai has an indoor skiing area, which I imagine costs ridiculous amounts of money to upkeep,
0: yeah. but. <laughs> Korean, but she's freezing in
2: there. Just yeah. have to have the ACA. oh, yeah, dude.
1: Like the, 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 like an indoor biathlon or cross country skiing. Yeah, that's a great idea, Ruto. <laughs> all
2: right, so I'm starting to think maybe not all sports, but a lot of sports should be played exclusively. I, I
1: would, I would argue closer to the opposite. I want outdoor bowling. Oh, god, no.
2: They, oh, there's a show that would be fun when we were kids. There was a show that had outdoor bowling with celebrities. It was like, uh, it, I uh, for some reason, it was like bowling, but the XFL. I, I don't understand. <laughs> they, they had Smash Mouth on it. it. Their balls were like see-through, and they would put like skulls in them. It was super weird show. And if it you're trying these- to get
1: your balls to be see-through. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, if we're going to Ad Reads, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Go over there, use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds. Ice Pond Bowling. Just combine them. Ice Pond Bowling. That'd not be kind bad. Of dope. Yeah, not going to lie. Uh, DraftKings, you can go over there. When you sign up with the DNVR code, you bet $5 on any NBA playoff game, and you get $150 in free bets no matter the result of the bet. So jump on that, get $150 to bet on whatever you want. AJ's going to go invent ice bowling, and then you can bet on that on DraftKings. So go jump on that. When you're making bets, be sure to take the weather into account because teams play outside and it's dumb. So, <laughs> got to take that into factor when you're making your bets. I'm just saying. Uh, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See sports sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. And then sign up for Avaca TV, which I'm sure will be host to AJ's ice bowling in the years to come. No doubt about it. There will be a channel for that. So. Uh, go to Uvaka. You can watch all Colorado sports roll live on their channels, whether it be Nuggets, Avs, Rapids, Mammoth. Those are all on altitude, which it has. It also has AT&T Sportsnet for the Rockies. It's got the national channels for the Broncos. It's got other stuff as well. Uh, it's just 15 bucks a month for the first three months. You can get 10 bucks off right now. when you use code DNBR. We go to TV slash DNBR. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash DNBR. 15 bucks a month and just 25 bucks a month after the first 3 months so still ridiculously cheaper than direct tv and other options. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. So let's start talking about the actual topic of the day as we've seen a significant rotation happening with the abs lineup over the last couple of games. We've also it looks like at this point Gabe Landeskog will not be getting any games before the playoffs. So let's start there. Is there you muted yourself, Jesse. Yep.
0: Sorry. Um, That was an intentional mute. That wasn't my microphone breaking. So no one gets to count. Um, I guess. Yeah. Just a little bit over a week. Uh, Landy's back skating. I, I could maybe see them giving him a game, but it'd probably be that last game where you have a bunch of other guys held out. So what's really the point. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he gets in one.
1: Maybe solid. Maybe either way. I, I think I think there's like a good chance he plays game eighty one. I I, I want to say a real chance that he plays game eighty one, and then they like
2: everybody sits for eighty two. They send yeah.
1: the AV squad into Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. Like the 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 Minnesota game and game eighty two. Assuming that the game in Minnesota doesn't count for anything. Yeah, because I think Bednar's the type of dude where if they can clinch the
2: president's trophy with that game or something, yeah. or
1: I, I think he's the type of dude if Minnesota needs to win that game to clinch home ice against the Blues and like, in that game matters in the standings. I think he'd be the kind of like respect the game kind of dude to bring a, a competitive lineup to Minnesota mm-hmm. for that game, but uh, like we'll We'll see where that goes, but I think game eighty one is is like the, the chance to get Landy into a game so do you guys do you guys care if Landy gets into a game or not? I do want him to get one um i do I would prefer for him to get the one because we always talk about the timing and like the speed and just getting back into it. um you really don't want to use round one of the postseason as, like you're all right now our lineup is healthy, let's figure it out, but at the same time, like if that's how it ends up having to be, that's how it ends up having to be.
2: Yeah, if that, a game would be nice. Do I care? No. It, it, if Landy's got to drop into game one, he's a he's a pro. He'll figure it out. Not worried.
1: Yeah, and, and given, look, I, I think if that's the case, I think if Landy has to drop in in game one, he's on the top line because those guys are so comfortable together that there's not really an adjustment period. You just, boom, get him in there. And then you can start to tinker from there based on how you're doing, um, because if you drop him in and he hasn't you know he hasn't played in two months, and you put him into a game and he's playing next to, I don't know, say, Kadri and, and Burkovsky, like that's not a line that he's spent a lot of time on. So it's just a little different level of a uh, different comfort level, and their, their role would be a little bit different. And I just think it might ever so slightly extend the, into the uh, trying to find a rhythm.
0: Uh, No, no. I, I, don't, I don't think I mean, they they've got they have just as much incentive to stay healthy as the abs, if yeah. not more. So, I mean, they're not going to be trying to.
1: Yeah, I don't think I for, for intimidate them for what the, a, a potential round two matchup. Like they're gonna go play St. Louis the next week.
0: Yeah, yep. I was gonna say, man, and and they're gonna they're gonna need to be feeling as fresh as possible going into that series because that is one of those we say it every year about one or two series, but whoever comes out of that is coming out black
2: and blue, dude.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be a be, brutal series. It's gonna be St. Louis.
2: I think so too. I'm calling that, I'm that shot right now. Tell who so poops the bed but
1: i I don't trust any of the four goalies in that series i was
2: was just about to say yeah
0: there's no goalie there that i'm like oh well this guy
2: (laughs) in in any case let's we'll get to the defense i want to stick to the forwards first here Uh, ultimately where's your perfect spot for landy then aj you say if he gets no games you put him with with mac because that's easy if Landy gets a new game, if he feels good, if he feels ready to go, are you experimenting there? Are you dropping him down to a second or third line?
1: It would be I mean, I think I think this is where my whole concept in the past that I've floated of duos, right? Yeah. Where you have Miko and Mac, and then you have Nachushkin and Kadri. And then like
2: probably Lekin in a new hook.
1: It, well, in this case, it would probably be Landeskog and New Hook, right? Sure, and then, maybe. and then, like you could really even out the lines, and then each one of those those lines does something that you know brings brings a, a high end element. But I don't think that's realistic. I think it's Landeskog's on the top line, and pretty set and forget. <laughs> I, I think that's the easiest. It's it's been like Bedner's like go to. Yeah, drop those three together, and then figure out the rest from there. Although Nachushkin has made enough of noise on this top line, that you could say mm, I could see it. Well, I
0: I think what you're going to see throughout as as deep as the Avs go in the playoffs, you are going to see a theme of that top line is the default. That is the um, you know, th- that's that's the go. You always start there. You always have to pass go in order yeah. before you get onto anything else. I like this. You'll start with that. And then as you need to make your adjustments, you can drop Landy down. You know, After those first couple of games, if you like what you see you, or, you, or you don't like what you see, you want to make some changes, you can drop it down knowing that you can go right back to it or you can continue changing it up. If you find some success, you can roll with the change knowing that you can always snap back to those original lines. So I'm expecting game one to start exactly how everyone would kind of draw it up. But then after that, it's, this is what we've been testing lines for. This is why we worked so hard to get a look at Landy Kadri Nachushkin before he left for his surgery. We now know we have at least two combinations we feel really comfortable with, but the three headed monster is always the default.
2: Okay. So the other side of this conversation, then, as we talk about both of you have spe- 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 excuse me specifically mentioned Landis and Nachushkin as that kind of rotation on the top line, at times we've seen Burakovsky get into that conversation as well. Does he kind of end up the odd man out here, or do you just sit him on the wing on that second line and, and let him lay?
1: Well, he's a really, it's a you really need- like hard guy to try and put in the lineup, right? Because on one hand if you put him with if you have natuchkin in kadri i think that there's a very real temptation to make that a defensive kind of line yep. where you want that one to be digging pucks out and you want that one to be taking a, certainly one of the top 6 matchups one of the top one or two lines from the other team you want them you know if you're let's say they're playing dallas you want them taking you know one of Pavelski's line or Sagan's line. Yeah, right. No like you, that, yeah. One of those. Right. And then you have Mac and Miko take one of the others. Yep. And then you just rely on your depth being better. You so with Burakovsky, all the options. Yeah. Yeah. If with Burakovsky, if you want, if you want to put him in a more offensively tilted role and say, Hey, we're just going to put you there. I think putting him next to Nachushkin is super intriguing. And then you have, Nachushkin, Kadri, Berkey, yeah, uh, Lekkinen is who. Oh, for is, your defensive if, yeah, if guy. you want that defensive alignment, but if you want more of your classic mixture where it can do a little bit of everything, Burakovsky raises the offensive ceiling quite a bit over a guy like Lekkinen.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I do think it's it's all just kind of what you need in a game by game, and even within a game. You put Berkey on that top line and you are saying, look, they're not incompetent defensively, but you know, this, this is, this is our shooter line. These are all guys. Everyone on the ice is a threat to shoot and is a threat to score that bumps Landy down that now that's more of a configuration where like what AJ was saying, you're playing Dallas and the Pavelski line is eating you up in game one and two. So you go into game three, you put together a real heavy, shut down uh, yeah. line that, that you can roll out there on the second line. And, and it just becomes harder to match up. Um, but that's what's, <clears throat> that's what is so fun about the depth of this apps team. There are legitimately three or four different looks in your top nine that give you four completely different things.
1: Yeah. And I think the, I think the default look like the, the standard, like if I had to had to make a best guess, it's probably the three headed monster. And then you do probably go Nachushkin, Kadri, Burakovsky. Yep. And then you go Lekin and Newhook, Comfer. Yep. And like I think that's probably your baseline top nine that you work from in game, in game one. I think that's what the top nine will well, be, barring anything yep. else happening.
0: It's, I agree.
1: To get back to
2: your, your topic of duos, I think you'll also 100% see Bednar start to play his lines to situations like he does with the defense. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit, but if you have McKinnon and Miko paired and you have an offensive zone face-off, maybe you throw Kadri out. So win a face-off with him. if you have a defensive zone face-off and you have Nashushkin out there, maybe you throw uh Sturm out there to take that face off and, and in and, and a three, a three-roll defensive type of thing. The more, I've seen the abs this year. The more it feels like their forward core is extremely flexible. Is all
1: well, yeah. and and they present so many different options. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different alignments because if you do want that offensive top line, you want to try and max it out. Like go with three, three shooters, right? And so you that's that's where you go with Burkowski, and then Landeskog takes his place on the second line yep. with Kadri and Natchushkin. If you want to try and mix it up a little bit and you, you want a heavier mix, you you can, Landis and Nachushkin at this point are, they do it differently, mm-hmm. but impact the game in similar ways where they're almost interchangeable on the left wing between lines one and two. Right. With with Kog just having a really high rate of production next to those, it, those top guys. It, it, honestly, uh, to a lesser extent,
2: but it feels like, Lekanen falls into a similar category too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that it's, it's almost become exactly what it was billed as of Natchushkin light. Yep. Lekanen has the same effect on your middle six that Val Natchushkin has on your top six. Yep. Um, but you, you make a great point, Ruto of like, we're going to be seeing a lot of mixing around. And, and that's one thing that is to keep in mind. We could see all, you know, all kinds of different combinations, but if it's a tight game, they're down by one, it's yeah. tied.
2: If you know what you're going to off,
0: get. Offensive zone start, you know what three are rolling over the boards, and it's because that three has done it for you for five years now. Yeah. Um. And, and so, like, again, that, that's just the one thing. Yeah, whatever we want to call it, baseline, default.
1: Yeah.
0: Th- they are going to have their kind of, like, safeguard that they can – go back to it any minute but um they've got they've got some options for sure
1: i would not do leconin next to mckinnon and ranzanen yeah arturi leconin and nathan mckinnon had less than zero chemistry last (laughs) night they they were sandpaper and bare ass they just did not go together
0: (laughs) It. I thought you meant
2: B-E-A-R.
0: I was like sandpaper and bear ass. I was like, oh
2: b a r e. I imagine I imagine that would make for an angry bear,
1: but yeah. they would probably not also do. not go together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and the thing
2: is, like you kind of just don't need it when it comes to trying lucky on the first line because you have so many other options that it's like okay. This hasn't really worked for the 15 minutes we tried it. So let's just not bother because we don't need to. That's where the, like that's the abs thought process in that situation. With that being said, do you think the abs bottom six is dangerous enough with new hook, and Comfer, and then the five dudes that are going to be rotating on the, the fourth line?
0: Yeah. I'll go while you think I do. I I mean, like, look, JT Confer has 16 goals this year. Arturi Lekanen, I think, has 17 or 18 after last night. Um, Alex Newhook is having a 30-plus point season as a rookie. You're not going to get consistent scoring from that bottom six throughout the playoffs, but you have enough skill, enough talent there to get by. And then that fourth line, I mean, look, anything you get out of that fourth line is a bonus. And I think they have been much, much, much better since the trade deadline, um, to a man, even, you know, Logan O'Connor, I think has bounced back a little. He's nowhere near what we saw at the beginning of the year. Darren Helm has played his best hockey since the trade deadline. I think Cogliano has been a really good fit so far. Um, Abe Kubel has, I think, five goals since the trade deadline or something his like best that.
1: best hockey has been with him fighting for his job. <laughs> right, right. That's what you want to see, right? Like, he knows 100%. he's on the cross.
0: And, and you're going to be in the playoffs, and every single one of those guys is going to know, in the best way possible, one off night, and you're up in the press box because there's someone else chomping at the bit to do your job better than you. And and I think that's going to pull the best out of them. They've got 15 forwards. Three guys are sitting – a full line is – that's if you count McDermott as a forward because they have eight defensemen not counting McDermott. So, you know, so you've got three forwards in the press box every night. You have to bring your best game if you are a bottom six forward or you're going to be watching. And I think that's going to pull exactly what they need out of them.
1: So a guy whose name we have not really said – at all in this mixture is Nico Sturm.
2: I, I feel like that's because his spot They're, is like a little lock as a defensive forward to
1: push. Sure, like, I think I think we've all kind of penciled him in as 4C when the lineup is healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to the point that Tanner is making with the lack of size in a and in new newhook comfort line, do you think that there's a possibility that they would run something like a Newhook-Sturm-Lekkonen third line?
0: And then what? Comfer, Abedal, Cagliano?
1: Hell, whatever whoever, whatever uh, that fourth line ends up being. Yeah, but Comfer and pick two.
2: Um, I think they could. I don't I, think that that's the, what they want to do, though. Yeah, I, I don't think
0: I would because you're really just kind of shifting the lack of size and physicality from one line to another, and really all you're doing is like JT Comfer, he's got 16 goals on the year, um, but he's definitely not like an offensive play driver. Um, yeah. And so you're really just kind of like taking him away from two guys that are could actually be weapons for him and vice versa. Um, I think you just roll with that that line and say, hey, we think Lekanen is tough enough to play against. confer has got just enough of an edge that we're not really worried about it. And then that fourth line is real gritty, sandpaper et cetera, et cetera.
1: If, because it does on paper, like a, uh, let's go Cogliano, Sturm, O'Connor. Like that doesn't sound like a fun fourth line to play against, no. but it also doesn't sound like a fourth line that's going to ever score They're a goal. For never you. a threat. Yeah. It, like it, if does. that line scores a goal, it they either made their one play of the series or it was an odd man rush.
0: Well, like straight up though, like, one play of the series isn't that all you really needed? Or all you really need from your fourth line? If they give you one play every every totally. every round. I think you take that, right?
1: As long as in the all the other times they're at least breaking even in their matchup. I'm yeah. completely fine
2: with it, that. Yeah. I, I do think you brought up a good point, Jesse, in that one, I think Lekkonen plays bigger than he is. Mm-hmm. which helps the, the lack of size there. Yeah, look, there's limits. If they're going up against the line with a bunch of dudes that are 6'4", 220, it's not going to work. Yeah. Right. But you have Lekkanen who can help you in that regard. You have Comfort who doesn't... I wouldn't say he plays heavy, but certainly can be that guy that gets under people's skin at times. Not afraid I, of contact. Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, well, this, is, this goes back to some of the conversation we had last year where not necessarily a very big... Not necessarily very big, but effective with the size they have. Mm -hmm. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for guys who are effective, not just big for the sake of being big.
0: Yeah. And and especially if you have the combination of Landy, Kadri, Nichushkin in your back pocket, like, cool. There's your big heavy line that is full of big guys that are tough to play against. Um, I just, I don't think you need a ton of those, and I don't think a checking line has to be big to be effective.
2: Agreed. Um, it, at the end of the day, it's it's a weird situation in the playoffs when you're talking about bottom sixes, because a lot of it is, yeah, you just don't want them to hurt you and you get what you get out of them. And at the same time, everyone who's watched hockey for a while knows game six, tie game, third period, you know something from your bottom six, something weird's going to happen, and, and someone's going to be the hero.
1: Max Talbot has a two-goal game seven under his yeah, belt. Yeah, right.
2: like, exactly.
0: Stanley Cup final game yeah, seven. Right. Like,
1: you're going to need, if you're going to win a Stanley Cup, and I've already said, I think Nico Sturm, I've, I've put it down That's as totally he is me. my guy. <laughs> he is the guy that I am predicting right now makes a series impacting play at some point for Colorado during the run, that he's the one that scores a goal or does something where you're just like, Walt, that was not the guy I would have put money on. But you know that you're going to need it at some point. And I think that's – that uh, knowing that Sturm's offensive – to kind of bring this back to my original thought on this, knowing that Sturm's offensive profile is really limited, but he's otherwise rock-solid reliable. I have him hard inked into the lineup. No way I'm taking out any of the other guys for him. Yep. Mm-hmm. The face-offs, he's lived up to that. The physicality, he's lived up to that. He's he hits everything constantly. Since he got to Colorado, he's all about that. And he's just done everything that you want. He's just not a good enough offensive player to play the role that he has so far in Colorado. And when he gets that more limited role, I think that we're going to see we're we're going to see that line pick up. Like I think I think you're going to see an uptick in their effectiveness because right now the Helm O'Connor Cogliano Abe Kubel we're just going to roll all these guys out together. Like it's just not it's not really working very well.
0: Stern Stern Abe Kubel and Cogliano is the combination to me that kind of sticks out. And that's just because Abe Kubel's played really well yeah. in the last couple of weeks. And he's got just enough, just enough offensive upside that you're like, he you could chip one in every now and then. Uh, and I think it gives you enough. I, I really, I've, I've been a big fan of Cogliano since he got here. I think Damn. the dude works his ass
2: off. Um I Abe mean, Kubel has 11 goals this season. Yeah. So yeah. in my mind, I have kind of Cogliano and Logan O'Connor when he's playing well in the same category where they just skate really hard. They run into everything and they kind of create some havoc out there. You have Sturm in the middle because he can play center properly, can play center. So he's kind of locked in in that regard. And then that leaves you with Helm and Knack as your other options. And honestly, you've gotten solid offense out of both of those guys in the oh. last month. So, and,
0: and O'Connor probably gets a little bit of extra leash because he's a penalty killer and they really like him on the PK.
1: This is an interesting point that I think he's losing ground on because yep. with Nachushkin, with Lekanen, yep. with Comfer, Sturm. with Sturm, with Cogliano, Landy can PK if you want. Like. Dude, even even not even getting into Landy, I, there's five six guys that you could reasonably put on the PK ahead of mm-hmm. LOC right now. Where you say I can live with, I can live with what we're getting without without uh, well, LOC. Like I, it's, I, I, and I've been
2: <laughs> I've made this argument for a while, but we finally saw. LOC stopped being involved in the insane shorthanded production that he was in the first half of the year. And when you take away that production, LOC's penalty kill numbers aren't actually that good. Nope. So it's, it becomes a lot easier to replace him when that production goes away.
1: All right. So we, we've got people talking about Abe Kubel's penalty minutes here in the chat. So I want to, I want to talk about this.
0: I'll say it's just, just. I won't. I won't step on the toes, toes of the point. I know you're about to make.
1: Just <laughs> real quick, Abbie Kubel's first thirty games in Colorado: thirty-three penalty minutes. Okay. Like not great. And a, but not a lot of those. Good. A lot of those are minors. So not great. Did he? Did he have a fighting major? Uh, he had to have done something yeah, to get into the odd number. No other way to get odds. So yeah. I guess he could have had a major... I don't remember him having a major penalty. So he had to have fought somebody somewhere along the way. The 32 games since then, four penalty minutes. That's none. Taking two penalty minutes in 32 games.
2: Now, to be fair, I think there was an argument for the first half of that and the second stretch of games. He also wasn't very physically effective. He was struggling to find that line a little bit. But we've seen over the last 10, 15 games, he's found something that works and has started producing offensively again and being an effective hockey player.
0: When did the abs claim him?
1: A long time ago. (laughs) His first game in Colorado was November 17th.
0: So he had, he had seven penalty minutes against Florida on December 12th.
1: Yeah. Neat.
0: So there's that. In,
1: in, in all of 2022, like uh, really, since January, uh, he has done nothing. Penalty wise, right. like it, it's seriously thirty-two games. He has five goals, three assists, four penalty minutes in nine minutes of ice time.
2: Yep, but that's just like, fine for a fourth liner.
1: Yeah, like that's I I he has I think he has stated his case as The guy that and, and he hits every, he has hits every game he also is blocking shots with a regular enough basis that you can say hey he may not be on the pk but what he's doing at even strength is working out and as i just mentioned as i ran through the roster you might be you might be not missing logan o'connor on the pk at all in that alignment
0: he uh he fought ryan lomberg
1: yeah, right Chad after hit. he
0: hit oh what
1: Chad had this right.
0: Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, after the uh, Jacob McDonald,
1: McDonald hit. Yep. Yep.
0: I I, because I was just sitting there and I was like, I feel like I remember him fighting, but I couldn't remember the context. But once I saw that, yep.
1: Oh, I, it, To answer Riley's question here, are you guys worried about Kadri keeping his cool? Uh, Says I'm not personally worried, but it's obviously a conversation. I feel about Kadri keeping his cool about the way that I feel a meteor hitting Earth and all of us dying instantly. If it happens, I can't do anything about it. And if it doesn't, then okay, great. If he does, it, it will straight up like if that's a thing. If he can't continue, if he can't contain, he knows that no matter what he does, there will not be a light suspension ever again for him in his career. Right. the him the days of him getting like two games for something, those are done. He yeah. knows. And he's played all year with a certain level of cool. And he's also in a contract year. He has every reason imaginable to keep it together this year. The the, the quest for the cup, his reputation, a huge payday that's coming to him in July. He's got all those reasons. But if he can't help himself, then he can't help himself and it just makes it that much easier for the avalanche to be like, we can't bring you back. Sorry.
0: Right. And and I mean, like, dude, it it, it really is like, like it's, it's up to him this year. That, that is, it is officially after last year, it is officially become the narrative of his career. Yeah. Right. Cool. But he'll get suspended in the playoffs. It was anecdotal at first but now what is this is this three out of four years or has he been suspended four total times in the playoffs was it just twice in toronto i
2: think it was just twice but i'm not 100 sure
0: but but you know i mean like he he has taken he, he has gotten himself suspended and has not played in the game that his team has been eliminated in three years out of four I I would... It's on him now. There's nothing else that anybody else can do or say he has to just not do it to prove would, that that's not who he is.
2: I would bet a large sum of money that somewhere in the first round he's going to take a bad hit or something gross is going to happen and he's going to get up and you're either going to see the red mist overcome him and him, you immediately know he's going to do something stupid or you're going to see him shake it off and walk to the bench, and you're going to go. Okay, he's good for the rest of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, you would be moronic not to try him.
2: Yep, guaranteed. In it doesn't matter game they
1: one, yeah, <laughs> yeah, on um, in the, within the first five minutes of game one, if somebody from the stars doesn't try him,
2: take a they're idiots. Who is Cav? Yeah,
1: they're idiots. Even if it even if it puts them on a PK immediately into that game, does not matter. You can bin the rest of that game, and if you get him to do something dumb, they're compromised for the rest of the series. Like, you g- genuinely, you have, like, just from a tactical standpoint, you have to pull some shit against him to see what he does. It would just be dumb not to. And
0: and I definitely, uh, I, I'm encouraged this year because there's two games in particular that I can think of this year where he got the look on his face that, He had right before he hit uh, uh, Justin Fall. Justin
1: Faller, yeah.
0: And both times this season, he translated that look into points. He went out and produced and burned teams on the scoreboard instead of doing something dumb and getting himself kicked out. And that's where you hope the pressure from his teammates, the role he plays on this team, and to your point, AJ, oh, by the way, he's trying to get paid. Uh, I think he has real incentive to channel that energy in a different way than he ever has in his career. Because I remember, AJ, you know, you know, Kevin, my buddy, Kevin, mm-hmm. yeah. the shift before. Yeah, you told Cassie the story. Cassie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He goes, yeah. he was <laughs> get him off the ice. He's going to do something stupid. The next time he rolled over the boards, he got himself suspended for seven games. And he just, like I said, I saw the look twice this year, and both times he translated into points instead of penalties. So you hope, right?
1: This year, like this regular season, provides hope. Yeah, yeah. His past fights, pessimism, <laughs> and that's those are the that's the push and pull. That's the dichotomy of Nazem Kadri going into this postseason. Is it it's entirely up to him. Um, yep. So again, am I worried about it? No, I won't think about it at all. Because you know that you know that NHL teams know the same shit that we do. They're going to test him. He's going to have to react appropriately. And that's it.
2: Uh, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get eight different kinds on tap at the bar, or find it at your local liquor store, so be sure to go check that out. They also have good company hard seltzers, if that's more your thing. Highly recommend. If you haven't made it down to their farmhouse you gotta go it's a super awesome place to go grab a beer go check it out it's absolutely sick uh also a great time to get a dnvr avalanche membership you get an annual membership it comes with a shirt and you know access to our content for a year which is kind of dope so highly recommend you go check that out p.s uh pay attention tomorrow got a got a pretty cool announcement coming tomorrow that's all i'm saying
1: God, dude, you're like, pay attention tomorrow. And I was like, what's happening tomorrow? Right, we do have a cool announcement coming tomorrow.
0: Bro, you I'm not are even, correct. I'm not even bullshitting you until you just said that. AJ, I was like, what are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> and then, and then you started the sense, and I was like, still don't. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It took me several minutes to get caught up there.
2: Somebody's got to keep this beat in order. All right. <laughs>
0: It's, it's not bathrobes. There's no shot I would have forgotten about that.
2: Jesse would have been tweeting that from the mountaintops for yeah, sure. I
0: was, <laughs> was going to say, you'll, you'll know when bathrobes are coming, I promise.
2: <laughs> no,
1: tomorrow's a cool one, though. Uh,
2: keep an eye on the, the DNVR ABS Twitter. Keep an eye on the pregame show. Should be a fun day. I,
1: I, I, I can tell you we don't have a choke <laughs> me tea in the works, <laughs> but we do have. Uh, I would I would say two and a half shirts in the in the pipeline right now. What's the half? Uh, you don't know this, but I DM'd.
2: Okay, we'll we'll talk after this. Yeah, show.
1: <laughs> I I did some DMing over the last few days to try and. I did not want to be on pods, uh, as you guys know, and as you guys have been very generous about my family's going through a thing right now. Um, thank you to everybody that reached out, by the way. Um, my I have family members on Twitter who saw all the outpouring of love and it meant a lot to them. So it meant a lot to me too. It always does. But they were they were like, wow, this is crazy. And I was like, our community rules. Um, but while that was going on, I was working on shirts. Asphyxiation. Holy shit, that's great. Asphyxiation as is that's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. That's
0: great.
1: Yeah, now we might have three and a half. Yeah. Work. <laughs> uh
2: okay. Uh I I do want to mostly focus this show on the offense. We'll save defense for another day, but real quick yeah. top pairing Makar and Taves keeping it together no matter what.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: That's your that's your three-headed monster. That's just that's your baseline. You'll see a lot of variations of it over the course of a game. When all else fails. Taves and McCarr.
1: I think we're getting ready to see less variation out of the coaching staff when they pick the six because I think they've seen different looks now with different pairings, and they're going to come to the same conclusion that I've come to, which is I think your three pairings going into game one are really obvious. And I think that you've got two stone cold lock pairings that you do not mess with, and Taves McCarr is at the top of that. Mm
2: Yeah. Cool. Um, Yeah, we can talk more about defense probably on Monday. Yeah, Mondays are are no game day,
1: correct? So Next week's going to be a little bit weird uh, because I am coming home. And I think Monday and Wednesday are our off days.
2: Correct. Our
1: our non-game day pods.
2: It'll be game day pods and we'll be good for when you're driving. So,
1: yeah because I'm going to leave during the actually I'm leaving during the Thursday and Friday. I'll be driving during yeah. the last two games. Cuz oh, I yeah. want to listen to them on the radio to help me stay awake. There you go. Podcasts. I had a really hard time with podcasts on the way up. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to find different things to listen to on the way on the way back. Get adventurous. All right. Yeah, I uh, I'm going to try some audiobooks. That sounds I, that's, way worse I was just going to suggest audiobook. No. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: so do you have anything else, Rudo? Cause I was going to, no, 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 go. Did you have it? No, well, no. Cause this is completely not relevant to what we're talking we're, about. We're in final but, thoughts territory. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> one did of it. one of the, uh, few fun parts of moving is finding all kinds of old stuff. You didn't realize you still had, uh, and I found my 2018 NHL draft guide. And there was just a funny little there's so much information in these like big shout out to the to all these NHL teams who put these together because there's such a ludicrous amount of information in these. And I was just flipping through it and I found something that I thought was a little interesting given how these players turned out. Do you guys know and if there's any two people on this earth that know this answer, (laughs) I think it's you guys the avalanche not the nordiques the avalanche have drafted four goalies in the second round do you guys know who they are
1: um pickard yeah so picker budai um i think peter delmas was one of them
0: very impressive (laughs) i didn't even know that guy's name
1: um I'm trying Randall to. Third right? I'm trying to remember if Trevor Cann was a second or a third, because that was the year Trevor Cann was Shattenkirk, Cohen, Galliardi, yeah, and they also had they also drafted Kent Patterson that year, and I only remember Kent Patterson because he almost died at rookie camp, <laughs> uh, and I can't remember if Trevor Cann is a second rounder or a third rounder.
0: He is a second rounder.
1: Trevor is that the fourth Kand. one? Uh, yes and then
0: I, I do apologize I just I just looked up a little bit here and I thought this was in the Nordique center. Uh, Philippe Sauvey was also a second round pick in 1998 so five five um, but I, I knew you guys would do it. Um, yeah Peter Peter Delmas never even heard of him. Uh, and then Trevor can I was like, whoa, there is a name. Uh, Fise was, yes, but that was Nordique's. Yeah, and Nordique's exactly. a couple goaltenders in the second round, a couple goaltenders in the first round. Um, and uh, David Abisher was a sixth-round pick.
1: Yeah. Um, Brent Johnson was a fifth-round pick.
0: Yeah. Um, in in just,
1: Colorado's first-ever draft class.
0: Uh. Dude, there were just there's just some names on here that, in those second, you know, Trevor can again, Peter Delmas, uh, that it's just like wow, you used a second round pick on that.
2: So I know for top
0: sixty pick on that.
2: I'm pretty sure from like maybe even before 2015. But if you ask AJ to just name the draft picks from a draft, he'll go, like, halfway through the second round before he misses one. He's actually insane.
1: We did this So Z and I did this one time with the 2017 draft while we were driving. Uh, while we were actually, while she was here uh, over the Christmas break and we were doing our drive either to or from Dallas, I don't remember. She just opened up DB and was, like, named the first round of picks. And I got pretty far into it. It's like pick um, forty-eight or something. I needed I needed a little bit of assistance um, with like teams. Just to know um, pick was up, yeah, yeah. But I got I got like deep into it. I got a lot deeper into it than I than I expected.
2: These, some of those,
1: uh, some of the polls were were pretty. I was pretty proud of. I was like. <laughs> mm.
0: But so like, but I mean like, so right here, this is every draft class along with the page before, it broken down by year. Yep. Yeah. So like, yeah, one of these shows, we'll just have, we'll just see how far back AJ can go. Um, but no, dude, like this is. There's a ton of super interesting information in here. Like the ABS as of 2018 had drafted more players from the OHL than any other league, and it happened to be 69 players. Um. And, yeah, it's just – it's super interesting. And uh, the the goaltender thing I thought was interesting. There was one other name on here, AJ, who you and I, like, irrationally loved, mostly because of his pads.
1: Is this Spencer Barton?
0: It is not. Peter Kabacha. Yeah. He had the McDonald's pads. He had bright red and yellow pads at training camp two years in a row.
1: I also loved him because he got drafted and flew across the world because he wasn't yep. at the draft. To flew across up. the yeah. world, rolled into rookie camp that morning, passed all of his physicals and everything, and got on the ice. And I was like, How do you not love this guy? Dude, and
0: <laughs> what remember the hell? He, looked, he looked horrible that first oh. day. We were like, holy was, shit.
1: Dude, he that was one of the worst outside of Roman Will, that was the worst performance I've ever seen in a camp. but like you understood you were just like look what do you what do you want here like this is like he flew across the world for that he hasn't had any sleep he's jet lagged and he's rolling in and you just love that he was willing to do it and that always made me a fan of him
0: but but that was that was the name that caught my attention to the goaltender list and then i started just looking into more but uh peter delmas was the one i thought was going to trip you guys up so shout
1: out aj he's too strong he can't be stopped i'm <laughs> not knowing if trevor can was the second or third rounder was a bad part it was bad on my part I, no I but better you, off by one round
0: <laughs> you even you even picked up on something that i the person with the list missed and that they took a goaltender in the fourth round that same year uh with kent was it kent
1: patterson patterson, patterson yeah yeah yeah. I uh, I, didn't new, know, I didn't even know. Ken Patterson, University of Minnesota legend. I mean, I don't know if he's a legend. I have no idea. I, I just remember know. him at rookie camp because he almost died that day. He was but the he was the he was the goalie that got so exhausted from the conditioning drills that he was puking behind the net oh. and ended up just laying there for like 15 minutes. And was just like done. Like he was gassed. And I was like, uh does he need help y'all
0: (laughs) someone need to go down there and check on him
1: yeah well and he was like it wasn't like it was like full on like that dude like exorcist dude it was bad and I felt really bad for him and that's why I remember him and that (laughs) probably makes me feel worse (laughs) but that's that's what I remember him for
2: (laughs) alright well that's all I've got yep I think
1: uh, I think Vomit is the great place to live. Ah, <laughs> no, I've got, I've got, I've got a fun this year's team. I'll ask you guys this, since I was going to do something else with it, and I don't have time today. But this year's team of the defense pairs that have played at least ten minutes, which 10 one? Minutes, that's so low. It is because it's a fun answer. Which combination, which pairing has the highest Corsi for the Avs this year at five v five? Ten minutes. It's going to be like Ryan Murray
2: and it's it, it's either like McDermott or McCarr. I don't know which one to put there.
0: Yeah. I, was, well, I, I feel like it's a Jack Johnson and someone because yeah. it's Jake just McDonald like
2: Donald could be a good answer that chat put.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was going to Jack Johnson and McDermott. uh
2: it could be like Murray and Taves.
0: This the, the little smirk AJ has.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be like none of the above.
0: It's it's. Is it McDermott and Jack Johnson from like two nights ago?
2: <laughs> no shot. No. I don't
1: know. Who is it? It's McDermott and Justin Barron. <laughs> 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 That's probably. Yeah
0: they went they went
1: plus 16 minus five (laughs)
0: that's of the
1: of the ones that actually saw a little bit of ice time um and we're talking like and actually had some results like jack johnson and jordan gross was like two and one yeah (laughs) um the best pairing so far this year jacob mcdonald and kale mccarr produced 17 Corsi four with one against in four minutes and forty-five seconds, how do you even produce that much Corsi in less than? I, five I was going to say
0: that's actually impressive. Yeah,
2: and the
1: shots on goal—the actual shots on goal—fourteen to zero, <laughs> with twelve scoring chances and seven high-danger chances. Jeez, what in dude. the world? It's like the most dominant four and a half minutes you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's like asphyxiation to the max, dude. It's ridiculous. That's pretty crazy. That's actually nuts. Yeah, yeah. it was. And I thought, looking at this last night and seeing Curtis McDermott and Justin Barron, yeah, I was like, "What is this?" Ten minutes, and they had they produced five high danger chances. Gave up, gave up two. Stats are fun. Not yeah.
2: Okay, we're going to get out of here on that note. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the pod. We appreciate all of you all so very much. Be sure to like and subscribe here on YouTube. That helps us out a ton. Uh, We're back tomorrow, pregame, postgame. Be sure to tune in. You know, check out the cool stuff we got coming tomorrow all day. So go look at that. Until then, we'll talk to you later.